Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Michigan at the 41. What a hit! Ball's free! On the ground! South Carolina deserves to have it, and they do! Hello and welcome back to the Believe in South Carolina podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Nick Kloss, as usual, joined today by Braden Malloy. We are talking the upcoming matchup against Vanderbilt. This Saturday at 4 p.m. broadcast on SEC Network. Gamecocks coming off of the heartbreaking loss to Tennessee. Wasn't that heartbreaking? Everyone saw it coming from a mile away while they were up 38-7 to in the first half. But a little more optimism today after that uh, last podcast coming on Tuesday. But, Braden, let's just jump right into it. What do you think of this game against Vanderbilt? How important is it that the Gamecocks come out on top? Well, we said it last week. Uh, you asked the kind of same question. How important was it for us to win at Tennessee? And I said it's pretty important. Um, and then we didn't. So I think winning at Vanderbilt, and not, we're not at Vanderbilt, but winning against Vanderbilt is even more important. Um, they're Vanderbilt, and we've seen the product they've put out on the field. Uh, they have two wins against Colorado State and UConn. And uh, I didn't even know you kind of had a football team. So I'm glad they got a win there. Um, they have also lost to Eastern Tennessee State 23 to 3 to start the season. And their leading rusher has 227 yards collectively. Their re- leading receiver has less than 350 yards collectively. So with a team like this, if you don't win, like even teams that are in bad, bad years beat Vanderbilt. So if you can't put a product out there that beats Vanderbilt, it's going to be hell to raise afterwards. To go through what Vanderbilt's schedule has looked like this year, you did say they are two and four, but a loss to start the season versus Eastern Tennessee state at home, um, 23 to three. They did beat Colorado state 24 to one at in Fort Collins, Colorado, lost to Stanford 41 to 23, lost to Georgia 62 to nothing, played Yukon, beat them 30 to 28 in the toilet bowl, Florida 42 to nothing, and now they have South Carolina coming up. South Carolina coming in at 3 and 3 as we know, overall this I mean the win streak so far is 12 games coming into this game. South Carolina has dominated Vanderbilt for years. The total record is 26 wins, four losses. The home record's 11 and two. So, I mean, going into this game, usually it's South Carolina's going to win. They're going to win by a lot. And I mean, if you look back at 
the game back in 2020, I mean, South Carolina killed Vanderbilt 41 to seven. And that team was struggling a lot as well. I, I used to say this team probably looks better, but I mean, seeing these struggles the past couple of weeks, I don't know if I could say that anymore, but I mean, this is for, this is for respect in the sec East because South Carolina right now, Braden is in last. Yeah. We uh, figured that out a couple of minutes before we uh, started this podcast, but at the moment, we are in seventh place in the SEC East. Um, now, I know everybody else is saying, what do you mean Vanderbilt sucks and Missouri sucks? Yes, but they are, they are 0-2 in the conference, and we are 0-3. So, by record-wise, we are dead last. But, I mean, overall, we're just really tied for last place with Vanderbilt and Missouri. Um, so, that's not a good look when you open up ESPN and look at the standings and – Vanderbilt, Missouri are ahead of you. Yeah, so definitely South Carolina is trying to get above those because in my opinion, I mean, we're not in the same boat as those bottom tier teams. It's sad that we have to be considered we are right now based on our record and how we've played, but I mean, it's, it's where we're at. But I mean, so looking at Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt's offense has not been anything special, but it's improving. They couldn't do anything against Georgia and Florida, but I mean, neither really could we against Georgia. Florida's coming soon, but they're not really what we want to look at. They were able to run decently well against Stanford. Um, they got the passing game going against UConn, but that's UConn. They just lost to UMass, who hadn't won I don't even know the number of days, but it was insane. So, I mean, that's just the measuring stick you got to think about there. But, I mean, I don't I don't really know how to measure it too much because just Vanderbilt, you look at Georgia, you look at the Florida game, I mean, they got killed. Those are their two SEC matchups. That's what we're trying to gauge it with. I mean, if you look at it, from the standpoint of we played Georgia better than anyone else has still got crushed, but not as bad. And they got probably could have lost by over a hundred. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's, this is, there was a year where Vanderbilt, uh, I think they went back to back years winning seven or eight games. This is not one of those Vanderbilt once in a decade was that, teams. Was that the Franklin era? Yeah, it was, it was, I think, the beginning of the Franklin era. Um, this is not one of those teams. Uh, Lee does not have the talent to hang with any Power 5 team. Uh, I mean, they've scored 13 points a game, uh, 80 points all season. This is, I mean, I know we said last week, oh, Carolina, they should win this. I mean, that should, but they – they have a chance to win this game against Tennessee and all. Uh, and, but even in the back of your mind, you're like, well, Tennessee could actually kind of show up and may win this. I don't see a chance of Vanderbilt winning. I just don't think they have, think they have the type of players. Like most of the time in college football, you need the talent, but you need the preparation, the X and O's uh, to win the game. I think this is a game where Carolina can win strictly on, their players 
even if they don't have the best schemes, if they don't have the best play calling, if they don't have the best play design, I think just the talent that we have on this roster is just that much better than Vanderbilt that we can make mistakes and still pull it off just because the, we have better players than they do. And South Carolina likes to make a lot of mistakes. Um, turnovers have been the story of this offense. Actually, let's just say turnovers have been the story of South Carolina football, both sides of the ball. Defense generates a lot of turnovers, which is a big, big positive. Our offense generates a lot of turnovers, which is a huge negative. But an SEC high, 14 takeaways on the year. So for the defense, so that's what I think we're going to see a lot of. We're going to see a lot of interceptions. We're going to get the ball on the ground. We're going to do what we did. I think we see what we did against Eastern Illinois. We see that team. That's what I predict for, for this upcoming game. And we haven't seen what we've seen from the run game from last year, but I don't know what you think about that. And I'd love to get your opinion on it, but I think Kevin Harris in the run game, actually we see what we thought we would against Vandy. Yeah, uh, so I saw a stat today uh, given out by one of Saturday Down South reporter, uh, Connor O'Gara, and he put that throughout this year, Alabama, who we regard as, even though they lost, still one of the top teams in the nation, has 10 plays of 30-plus yards. South Carolina has, on offense, South Carolina has 11. So we've had explosive plays, and we have that ability to be explosive. Um, and I think that shows here this week. Um, I actually think we'll have more explosive running plays than passing plays. I know we've said the offensive line has been awful and is not helped the running game, but I think, I mean, Vanderbilt let up 181 rushing yards to Florida and let me pull it up for Georgia, but I think their D line is, like I said, I think we have the talent to open up gaps on that offensive line. Yeah, they let up 241 rushing yards to Georgia. And I'm not saying our offensive line and running game is as good as Georgia. I think our running backs can be in the argument with Georgia running backs. Our offensive line, probably not. But I think our offensive line and running game matches up with Florida well. And if Florida was able to run for about 200 yards, I think we can get there. And I think we have explosive plays. Uh, on the running game, yards, uh, runs at 10 yards, runs at 12 yards, you know, getting first down on first and second down, staying out of third and long, uh, where it's not a, okay, they have to pass situation. I don't think we have many of those situations this weekend. Yeah, I can agree with that. And also, as far as like, we've been kind of seeing Luke Doty take two steps forward, one step back, as you said, in one of our previous episodes, but I mean, let's not forget first Troy. He put up a career high, 255 yards in the air. Then versus Tennessee puts up 167, which we said wasn't enough um, against a team like Tennessee. But I, I think we see Doty beat that career high again. Yeah, I could see that. Um, like I said, I mean, our, our receivers, Outside of the drops, they run good – they're good route runners. It's not like they're running sloppy routes and just not being able to get separation or anything. 
they, I mean, they can get separation. They're finding holes on the field. And even if they're not finding holes, if we're just like shooting it out for screens or whatever, we have players like DK and Van and Juju that can make a, pe- make a person miss and get into open space. I think they're able to find that against the defense and the secondary of Vanderbilt. And I think that will help Doty um, because he doesn't have to force balls into tight windows. Uh, Doty has struggled this year throwing receivers open. And what I, what I mean by that is, like, you see on a Sunday, like, you Aaron Rodgers. If you see Devontae Adams make a post and the cornerback is right there on his hip, Rodgers can put the ball 10 yards towards the hash mark and Devontae just runs over it and he creates that separation as he's run through the ball. He's throwing a receiver open. He's not putting it right on the receiver, making a play where the cornerback could have his hands in there and mess it up. Doty's not been able to do that a lot this year. Um, but I think against Vanderbilt, our receivers will get enough separation where he doesn't have to. And he's able to put it in a catch radius around the receiver where the receiver can manipulate his body or turn around and make a catch instead of having to worry about a defender on his back. Yeah. I mean, I think Doty can definitely open up this Vanderbilt defense, especially because their average total yards allowed per game this year has been 452. So, I mean, they let teams run all over them, pass all over them. I, it's just not good for them so far this year. Average points scored 13.3. Average points allowed 36.2. Here's the stat I was reading that I really liked as we, as we switched to the defense. They average 12 giveaways, or they have 12 giveaways this year. South Carolina's defense has 14 takeaways. I like those odds to see South Carolina's defense get back on track, Clayton White get back on track after that Tennessee first half against Vanderbilt and kind of gain some confidence and get back to that defense we saw. And especially after Tennessee, they didn't have a pick or a forced fumble. No turnovers. Yeah. Uh, and you talked about it uh, earlier this week when you were given uh, the team grades and all, and kind of how throughout the year the defense says it started strong and then maybe these past couple of games have kind of fallen off a little bit gradually each game. I think this is one of those bounce-back games where we can get back to what we were putting out on the field earlier in the season. I think there would definitely, definitely be several opportunities for turnovers, whether it's interceptions, uh, fumbles, or even just a turnover on downs. Like if, if Vanderbilt gets in the mode of going for it on fourth down or whatever, I think there will be several opportunities for that. We have done a good job creating turnovers. Where we struggle is capitalizing on those turnovers. Um, but I think, I think those two will go hand in hand this week. I think we'll be able to get – I'd say we get two interceptions. I say we'll have two interceptions and three sacks. I think that, and then I think after, with that we can we can score off of it because um, that will give us good field position. And if we can create those turnovers early in the game, get the short field position early in the game, get points on the on the board, have a first quarter like Tennessee. If we can have a first quarter like Tennessee did. Uh, Having first quarter like Georgia did against Vanderbilt, they put up 35 in the first quarter against Vanderbilt. If we can have a quarter like that, score 
17 points scored, 21, 28 points. I think that will set such a tone for the rest of the game and give our offense such confidence going throughout the game that we should be fine the rest of the way. I think this team just need like this offense really lacks confidence. They yeah. lack that that big dog mentality that you see Georgia, you see Bama, you see those teams have. And I completely agree. If they are able to get up big in the first half, then they'll kind of have the mentality of, oh, I can make the big play. I can do this. Kevin Harris can get back and be like, oh, I can run over the SEC like he did a year ago. Doty can be like, I can, I'm not a bottom tier SEC quarterback. I can be one of the best. Like that's the confidence we need to see. And then like we've said earlier on in, an earlier episode, I believe against Troy showing that confidence, but acting like you've been there when you're there, not giving it away. Right. And this is a game where, so like when Georgia plays a Vanderbilt or Florida plays at East Tennessee state or Alabama plays Mississippi Valley state, and they get up big on them in the first half. It's a game where those teams know, okay, we can kind of cool it a little bit. Uh, Like Georgia only scored 62 on them. They probably could have scored upwards of 80, but they like they knew they didn't need to. If Carolina gets out big in the first half here, more than just a fan wanting to see score points, I think for the chemistry of the team and the betterment of the team, they need to continue to act like it's a 0-0 game and continue to do what they need to do to drive the ball and score points. Uh, I don't think people will look at it as like, oh, they're just running the score up on Vandy. I think if you actually know football and are actually paying attention to Carolina football, you'll realize, no, this is something to better the team here going out. Uh, If they get up 28 points in the first quarter and then they kind of cruise, you lose all that confidence and momentum that you got in the first quarter because the next three quarters are just eh, football. And then you carry that into the next week. We, I would love for Beamer and Satterfield to continue whatever they're doing first quarter if it's working throughout the whole fourth quarter. So it will carry on into next week and into the next game. I wouldn't see it as they're running up the score. I would see it as, no, this is getting our team back on track. Yeah, I agree. I agree there. It's just watching this season so far, it just really looks like a team that understood what was going on. I mean, we were going the right direction. It was building in the right way. And then you've seen it, like we said, kind of go downhill from there. And now we're scattered and picking up the pieces going into Vanderbilt. And like I told you, or like I said in the last one, I remember talking to you after, Vandy, it's it's so, SC fans should be so thankful that we are playing Vandy after that Tennessee. We have a team that we are better than we should beat. We are favored by a good amount that we can be like, all right, let's slap this team around, get back on track, find our offense, and, you know, bounce back a little bit after falling to a team that I don't really, I still don't really think we're much worse than in Tennessee. Um, But, I mean, like I said, props to Tennessee. They came out and balled on offense, and we did not. So, but now let's get in to kind of our picks. Uh for this week, I do want to look at the other SEC games as well. Just maybe add a little bit of variety um, for this episode. 
But, I mean, first we'll start off with the most important, which is South Carolina and Vanderbilt. Um, right now I'm looking at spread says minus 18 and a half, total 51 from uh, Sports Illustrated Sportsbook. Like I said, it could be different. Depends where you play some. Uh, but, Braden, what's your take? Um, what do you think? Spread, money line. Do you think the over and under hits? So you said SC was up eight, minus 18 and a half. This is what I'm looking at ESPN. It says 18 and a half. Uh, and then over was 55, 51. Um, I don't think they get, I don't think they hit the over. Because uh, I don't think Vanderbilt scores point. I think they might get a field goal or two. So that's six to hit 51. I mean, then I mean, game guys got to score forty-five. I don't think they score forty-five. Like even as bad as Vanderbilt is, I don't think. I think our offense creates so many mistakes itself and shoots itself so much in the foot that I don't think they can really even against Vanderbilt. Don't get the don't think they get the forty-five. So I don't take the over on this, but I do. I would take the the points uh, without a doubt. I think it would be. I think we would get a bit night. Forty-one-six. Uh, game going, I think, going yeah. very similar to the last year yeah uh, very similar to this past week against tennessee sadly but um yeah i think we i think it's a 41-6 game to so take i take the points but i wouldn't take the over okay uh so what i just read was 53.2 points per game average is what the commodores total this year average this year in their games which is more than the over if you're taking it at 51 which is what we're going to do here today um that one sticks out to me and i i think i'm gonna go against you on this one which makes it more fun because i mean hey i was right last time Exactly. One of us has to be right. So, so Braden's one and oh on, on the overs <laughs> for this, for this podcast, but I'm taking the over and I'm going to say 48 to 10. Okay. So you think, do you think Vandy gets 10? You think they get a touchdown? Yeah, I do. I think we slip up at one point. Wouldn't be surprised if they score first. Okay. Yeah. I say 48, 10. <laughs> let's let's be honest. The twenty one seventeen prediction was super wrong. So I mean, <laughs> who knows? It can only go up from here. But yeah, I mean, just the fact that I mean they put up twenty one on Stanford. But what so, has Stanford done? Nothing crazy. But I don't think <laughs> I don't think we're much different than Stanford. Fair enough. Fair enough. So uh, I I do think, and that was forty one twenty three. So I'm still taking us being a little more dominant defensively so yeah. so yeah i'm going 48 to 10 Braden, what was your pick again uh 41 6 all right so that's what we got for south carolina vandy now let's just knock out we'll knock out the uh the sec slate uh just on the, i'll say the matchup the spread we'll give who we think and if they're gonna cover uh first off noon game auburn arkansas Minus three and a half. Arkansas is minus three and a half. Uh, I take Arkansas uh, to cover and win outright. 
I think they beat Auburn by at least 10. Uh, what's the over-under on that one? I don't have it up. I just got spreads. Let's see. Uh, Eastman's got the over-under at 54. I'll take the over on that. I think Bo Nix will run into a few plays, and I think Arkansas has the firepower to put up points. But I think Arkansas wins it by – I think Arkansas wins four, 45-31. Okay. I'm going to go for the upset. Oh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take. Well, I'm gonna. I if I was, if I was betting on this, I'd take Auburn spread. I don't think Arkansas is that crazy anymore after what Georgia did to them. And I think Auburn is a solid team, and Bo Nix does randomly do great things. <laughs> so I'm going Auburn spread. What was the over under on that? Fifty four. I'll take the under. I don't know. I don't, I don't got a score prediction for that one, but I'm going to okay. go under. You're just, just taking Auburn. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. And then the other noon game, Florida minus 10 at LSU. Yeah, and the over under that's 59. I'd take the under on that one for sure. Uh, I think Florida wins. Uh, I think Florida wins handedly. Yeah, I think, I, still, I, think- I still take the under. I'd take the under, but I'd take the points. Uh, I think you said, yeah. Uh, I think they win probably 35-17. I can see that kind of being the game. That's, is that over? No, that's not over. 30, did you say 35-17? Yeah. Quick math. No, it's not. That's not over. That's uh, 52 yeah, yeah, so I'd, I'd take the under. It's a high-scoring uh, game. It's just not It is. Game. No, I do. I think it'll be a high-scoring game because I'm not sold on Florida's defense. Uh, and LSU still is – I mean, they can score points somewhat. Uh, but I did, I take yeah, Florida 35-17. All right. Now – yeah, I already said – I didn't – I don't know if I said my – but I was going Florida spread um, and the under. Then noon game, Texas A&M minus nine at Missouri. Texas A&M winning that thing. Yeah, uh, I mean, I hate, I hate to just go with the favorites a lot, but, I mean, Texas A&M is just coming off beating Bama. Yeah, I mean, they're uh, – I don't take the over, I see, is 59 and a half. Uh, I don't take that. But – uh, I think Texas A&M wins. That's a 42, 42, 10, 42, 10. Okay. Yeah. I got Texas A&M covering the spread. Uh, I also have the under that just seems high to me. I don't think, I don't think honestly, Texas A&M can put up that much and Missouri definitely can't. So that's where I am for that. I don't, think it's much but now holy crap i didn't even know this was a game this week i've not been paying attention kentucky at georgia yeah that's oh, excuse me college game day and sec nation will be there oh my god do you have a tv or internet no um, 
focus too much on South Carolina, and that's just depression. <laughs> wow, that's that's a game. I mean, what, the, the what, spread is minus 22 and a half. Yeah, it opened up at minus 24, so it's come down a little bit. But here's the thing. Vegas knows that Kentucky 6-0 and is not the strongest 6-0. and um, I want to put out a warning to all listeners that you're listening to a Georgia fan give this pick. So take well, that look, as you okay. will. Their six and zero came against University of Louisiana Monroe, Missouri, Chattanooga, our USC team, Florida, LSU. That's not a strong six and zero. Um, so, I mean, Vegas knows. I trust Vegas in this point. It's if you go back to 2018, Kentucky has two losses. Georgia has one. This is when – and they go to Kentucky. Georgia goes to Kentucky, and whoever wins the game wins the East. And it would be the first time Kentucky wins the East in however many years, and they're going to knock off Georgia, who just went to the national championship and all that kind of stuff. They're going to win the East and everything. Yeah, Georgia went in and beat them like 35 to 10. Like, it, it's just – Kentucky – it's a great feel-good story, and their their program is getting better. And I do believe they're the second team in the East, but they're not at Georgia's level yet. Um, I would the over I'm looking at the over under is 44. I would push heavy on the over. I believe because, like I said, even if the score is 35-10, that's 45 points. So I I push oh, push on the over. I push Georgia to cover. Georgia going to cover. And you hit the over. Yeah, I mean, I made the joke about you being a Georgia fan, but at the same time, I don't see another option. Um, I mean, you look at how Georgia beat Arkansas 37 and nothing, and we thought that Arkansas is, an, is another program that's up and coming in the SEC, and we thought that was going to go much differently. So I'm taking Georgia spread, and uh, I also will take that over. That seems Give low me- to me. Give me your over-under on Kentucky points against the Georgia defense, who is letting up four points a game. And only given up, given up two touchdowns this entire year. What, what are we setting it at? Because if I'd say over three, I'm most likely going to be right. But I seriously, like, I think they're all – like you said, max 10. I think – I honestly think I'm shocked if they get a touchdown. I don't think they score a touchdown. Yeah, if they score a touchdown, I'm impressed. I don't think they will. I think it would be it's going to be at the least it dep- if Stetson Bennett starts, 38 to 3 game. If JT starts, 45 to 3. It's crazy how that's not much of a difference. Well, have you seen what <laughs> Stetson Bennett be doing? No, I mean he's he's, he's great. Um but that is crazy that you can have JT Daniels or Stetson Bennett and uh you're just fine. You're good. <laughs> you're gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna be still the number one team in the nation. It does not matter. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I agree. Georgia spread minus twenty two and a half over. You said forty four. Yeah, I said. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, here's I agree. the thing. I agree with that. I do think it's over because I do think I think JT will start, uh, and I think yeah. So forty five three. Take the over. All right. Well, I agree with that one. So we're on the same pick. I think the only one we've differed so far is Auburn, which we'll we'll go in next week and for the next episode on Tuesday, we'll see where we're at and we'll start. Oh, keeping, I got them all written down. Yeah, we'll start keeping track of these all time. See where <laughs> me and Braden 
are at. All right, now two more games, and then we'll wrap things up. Uh, Alabama at Mississippi State spread minus 17 and a half. Yep, and over under 57 and a half. Uh, I'd take Bama with the points. Uh, I think last week was a fluke type game. And they even still almost came back and won it. Uh, like, it wasn't like they Texas A&M blew them out or anything. They had a chance to win it at the end of the game. Um, I think Saban, <laughs> after he takes away everybody's Dodge Chargers and uh, makes them eat campus food now, lights a fire under his team. I think Bryce Young gets to get, goes back to playing like um, he was when he was the Heisman front runner. I think that defense stiffens up. I mean, Saban's even though he's transitioned to offense, he's still a defensive guy. And Mississippi State, yeah, they're air raid with Mike Leach, but it doesn't really work out half the time. Um, so Alabama covers easily. I I would take the over because I do think Mississippi State will score points. I think that Bama, even with a week of switch i do think the bama defense is still vulnerable with especially with an air raid offense that can just throw so i do take the over i think this could go upwards of 70 points um i say bama bama 52 52 21 bama all right i'm gonna differ from you for the first time in a bit i go alabama Minus 17 and a half, they'll cover the spread. But I'm going to take the under because I think Alabama just tightens up this week after that loss. Saban gets them back on track and they just murder Mississippi State. Not in the way you put up 62 points, but like I wouldn't be shocked if we see like 44 to 7 or something. You said that over was 59. So that's what I'm going to go with. Um, so I got Bama in the under in that one. So we got another one that me and you will get to talk trash about later on. So last game, then we'll wrap things up here. Old Miss minus three at Tennessee. Tennessee just coming off the win against the Gamecocks. What do you think, Braden? I got the over over here at 82. <laughs> I think Mississippi wins and covers. I think they covered three points. Um I think if you look at Tennessee, they still don't have a significant win. Their their two big wins came against Missouri and USC. And as we've talked about extensively, uh, those teams are not good. (laughs) So I still don't think – anyway, we've seen Ole Miss. They are a solid team. Um, Yeah, they didn't beat Mama, but it's very hard to beat Mama. They're scoring 42 points a game, uh, putting up 561 yards a game. I think Ole Miss wins, covers the spread easily. Over under 82. Here's the thing. They, it was a 52-51 game against Arkansas for Ole Miss last week. And we've seen Tennessee put up 40-plus points in the past two weeks. I'm going to take the over. I'm, I'm going to take the over. I think it's a, I think it's a 48-45 game. I think Ole Miss has to win it on a field goal. Well, hold up. That just changed my uh, – I don't – well, what am I doing? 
You think it's just going to be close to the over, not over? I'm not going over. I'm going. No, I think it will be over, but with the spread and three. Well, that would push. Okay, I'll go 51-45 Ole Miss. 51-45 Ole Miss. All right. I'm going to go Tennessee with the upset. Hendon Hooker proves that he's not just bashing on crappy teams and he's actually legit. Tennessee offense is actually damn good. I don't think it goes over because that over is just crazy. I just can't see it happening. I could see like, uh, actually, I don't know. Because <laughs> now I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, it could be like 38, 35 or 36, like something like that, like something in the 30, 30s range. But then like you've pushed to 40s and they're over 80, just like that. These two teams could do that 100%. So, yeah, I'll go Tennessee in the over. That's what we'll do. The over? Yeah. Tennessee in the over. Yeah. Which is a we love overs. We love points. Which is just such a I mean, it's it's more exciting to root for an over anyway. Oh, I absolutely. Who who really cares? So we're gonna go with the over. So those are our picks for the SEC slate this week. And most importantly for South Carolina. Vanderbilt, we got South Carolina obviously covering the spread. Braden took the did you take the over? I took the under 41-6. You took the under. I took the over. So those are our picks for this coming game. And uh, as South Carolina takes on Vandy at williams Bryce, that's all we have for this episode of Believe in South Carolina on the Believe Podcast Network. We'll be back on Tuesday to talk about how USC fared against the Commodores. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.